Hello and welcome to the GTR News Brief. It's Wednesday, October 21st, and here are a few of the top stories from the world of trade and trade finance this week. Two Hong Kong-based oil traders say banks have reacted to the fraud scandal in Singapore's commodities finance sector by restricting credit to the wider market, and this, they say, has resulted in substantial financial losses. New Ocean Energy and Strong Petrochemical, two publicly listed companies, make the accusations in interim company filings covering the first half of 2020. One of the firms, New Ocean Energy, was acutely hit. It reported net losses of around $174 million. The company says that COVID-19 and a dramatic plunge in oil prices affected profits. But it also pointed to the damaging impact of the Hin Leong scandal. That saw one of Asia's largest independent fuel traders collapse in April amid bank accusations of widespread and systematic fraud. In other news, the risk of sovereign default is growing across Africa because of higher debt levels and currency risk. At the same time, reduced demand and lower commodity prices have pushed some African countries, particularly those reliant on the export of oil and metals, into deep recessions. According to a new report by Atradius, this financial pressure is only increased by lower financial inflows as investors postpone their spending decisions and official development aid is limited. The US presidential race between President Donald Trump and Democrat nominee Joe Biden is set to draw to a close in the coming fortnight. But what will all of this mean for trade? GTR spoke to counsel Dana Watts and senior international trade advisor Wells Orr both at law firm Miller and Chevalier, to find out more. They say that if Biden is elected, he'd likely take his time over reshaping Trump's China policy or removing tariffs on other countries, such as in the steel sector. Like Trump, Biden is also promising to boost American manufacturing. But there are obvious differences. Both Orr and Watts expect Biden to work far more closely with allies like the EU and for the Democrat nominee to try to reform the WTO. Last month, Chinese President Xi Jinping announced a goal of carbon neutrality for his country by 2060. However, the move has been met with scepticism from experts, given that Chinese creditors have committed billions of dollars to fossil fuel projects around the world through the country's Belt and Road Initiative. As an example, under the BRI, China has committed over $50 billion in state finance to building overseas coal facilities since its launch in 2013. Earlier, I spoke to reporter Maddie White, who covered this story, to find out more. So, Chinese President Xi Jinping made a bold pledge at the UN General Assembly in New York last month that China will aim to have CO2 emissions peak before 2030 and achieve carbon neutrality before 2060. This was in some ways surprising because China is highly reliant on fossil fuels, is the world's biggest source of CO2, and it is a keen financier of them around the world, including in developing countries. According to the International Energy Agency's coal unit, more than 70% of all coal plants built today are reliant on Chinese funding. And under the Belt and Road Initiative, China has committed over $15 billion in state finance to building overseas coal facilities in more than 100 countries since its launch in 2013. So at the moment, it's unclear how China could become more green. 
Looking at the BRI specifically, Maddie, what promises has China made on sustainability? How optimistic are experts and analysts they'll live up to these? Well, in April 2019, the Chinese president delivered a keynote speech at the opening ceremony of the second Belt and Road Forum in Beijing, saying that the BRI plans to become more sustainable, a move that has led to it being called BRI 2.0. An infrastructure's projects built under BRI 2.0 should be high standard, improve livelihoods and achieve sustainable development. But some don't believe China's promises. Global research by Acurus and Tiantong law firm finds that respondents outside of China are considerably more likely than those surveyed in China to think that sustainability and environmental considerations will not be given greater importance in the planning and completion of future BRI projects than they were in previous projects. And according to the report, only 2% of international respondents strongly agree that they will, with 33% moderately agreeing, while 84% of those surveyed in China either strongly or moderately agree that sustainability will be top of mind for new BRI projects. It's difficult though. The BRI was not a trans project, uh, transparent initiative from the outset and its numerical targets, KPIs and membership protocols have not been clearly defined. So the question is, why would China define its sustainability targets or give more details on how it plans to be more sustainable now? And just as a final question, Maddie, what happens if China fails to make its BRI projects greener? How damaging could that be? Well, at its current rate, China's BRI could prove the weak link for global emissions targets. In fact, according to some reports, a failure to improve environmental standards and reduce emissions in key BRI countries would cause a global warming of well above 2 degrees centigrade, which is the upper limit of the 2015 Paris Agreement's temperature increase target. But some disagree and believe that China is actually leading the way globally in its approach to sustainability. A blog published by the World Economic Forum says that it's easy to lose sight of important sides of progress and that China's sustainability strategy is an example of global leadership that the rest of the world should consider very carefully. In the Russia demonised China over trade, the West has missed this point altogether. While others say a lack of unified green financing standards is holding back sustainable BRI efforts. But really, it's difficult to say. And that is because the BRI lacks transparency when it comes to deals closed under it, and therefore it is tricky to know the full impact, negative or positive, when it comes to ESG and green issues. Thanks for listening to this episode of the GTR News Brief. We'll have more stories from the world of trade and trade finance soon. The music used for this episode was provided by Kevin McLeod with his track Loopster, as well as South London Hi-Fi with their track Sunrise Drive. Thanks for listening.